God gave us talents and used them. And there's Brenda came up, I think, to my wife. I'm not sure, but she just very humbly just said, I feel like God's kind of convicted me that I should use my talents. And uh, I'm sure glad he did, and I'm sure glad you yielded to it. That was, that was beautiful. I sure enjoyed that. Amen. Well, look at Psalm chapter 16. I'm going to do something that I don't do a whole lot, but I'm going to, I'm going to take one verse uh, as a text verse, and then we're going to, we're going to look at quite a few uh, verses. Uh, going to be a little bit, you know, I, I don't do anything exactly the same at uh, any time. You've been around for a little while, you know that, but I... Uh, uh, this morning's going to be a little bit more of a, uh, almost maybe a Wednesday night Bible study. But uh, I uh, just have had something on my heart for quite some time, and I believe part of it was our, our fasting. Uh, the God did this, and then our prayer conference, and, and, uh, and then having... Uh, different missionaries. We just came out of our missions conference, and and boy, what powerful sermons that we had during the missions conference, and and so Lord just really had this on my heart. But uh, the title of this, and I don't do that all real often. The guys usually just have to figure out some kind of title to put on my stuff. But uh, uh, but the title of this is just simply knowing God's presence, knowing God's presence. You know if. If I had any, you know, one topic that I was going to be preaching or, or had the opportunity to preach, you know, there's, there's two or three that are very important to me. I believe the, the Word of God itself is just very, very important. But I believe also in the way, it, the way we're going to look at knowing God's presence, I, I think that this one would be right there at the, at the top. I believe too often we go through our Christian lives and we're saved and we're on our way to heaven, but, but we really are sort of just living in this world alone. But God doesn't want us to go through this life alone. He wants us to go through this with him. Psalm 1611 says this, it says, Thou will show me that the path of life in thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. This is what God says. He's, he says in, in his presence is fullness of joy. The, what I'm going to do this morning is I've got 12, uh, if you want to call them principles, 12 teachings, 12 things that that I believe will help us to slow down life and stop things. And that's why I say it's more of a Wednesday night lesson. But, but we've, we've got to know the presence of God. And, I, and I'm going to warn you, too often we wait too long. Back in, uh, I guess it was probably somewhere around... Uh, 1988, 89, something around there. I was really going through some some struggles, and to the point that I, I I would go and pray, and as I'd walk and pray, I got to the point where I couldn't, I, I really couldn't pray. All I would do is just I kept reciting one verse over and over. Second Timothy one seven. 
And I would just, I would sometimes walk for an hour and I would just, I would just keep saying, for God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. And I would just keep repeating it. And, but God was teaching me and God was taking me through some things and I was battling some health issues and and I was battling some, some you know, other external issues, and, and the ministry I was in was, was really, under, in a sense, under attack. I mean, I was doing, working a military ministry, and the base was, was telling us that we couldn't come on the base. And it was just, it was a lot of different things that were going, uh, going on in my life. But God was just working in my life, and, and, it, and, I, and I was growing. Well, uh, I, I just came closer as I'd walk and pray. I came, I came to sense God's presence more and more. But what I didn't realize was that he was using all of those so-called negative things to prepare me for one night getting a phone call that my wife and children had been in a car accident. And when I got to the scene of the accident, I had two little girls that I didn't know that, where they would live or die. And as I stood in an emergency room, and as people began to gather, I kept my face in a chair and kept weeping and, and talking to a God that had brought me closer to him. And can I tell you, you don't want to be seeking to find him at that moment. You want to know that you're in his presence from the moment you get the phone call. Now, he doesn't always do this, but, but I'm telling you, I watched that night as God performed miracles. It's a long story, and it's a whole other story, but, but Brooke, the, the one that just played on the, the special, they, she was 10 years old, and they, they told us that that the bone of her nose had been pushed back into her brain and there was spinal fluid coming out of her nose. And three hours later, they told us that after a third set of x-rays, they literally called us in and apologized and said, somehow we don't understand that we've made some kind of mistake. The fluid had stopped, and there was the third set of X-rays showed that it wasn't not protruding into the into the brain. Now it was all shattered, and she went through a lot, but but they were literally apologizing. I said, "You don't have to apologize. You didn't make a mistake." Candace, who's they had told us when she was six years old, told us that her that that her neck was broken on the first set of x-rays, that her neck was broken. And again, before the night was over, they came back and said, they called us in for a second time. This time, the, the doctor wouldn't even look at me as he apologized and said, I, I'm, I'm sorry that what we put you through because these set of x-rays, there's no break. Now, God doesn't always do that, folks. He doesn't always do that. But I'm just telling you this. You better, you better feel like you know him enough that he could. So I'm just going to give you some points that I think that have helped me 
that when I'm starting to kind of get distance, that I, that I, I feel like some things that will help bring me back into his, his presence. And I just want you to understand, he wants to be there more than we do. And so he's already there. He said, draw nigh to, you, to, to me and I will draw nigh to you. And, and he'll come close to us and he'll be there. He'll never leave us nor forsake us. But you have to understand, we sometimes forsake him. But number one, I just say sing praises to the Lord. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. When you cannot sing, hum, or whistle. But I'm just saying, just you ought to have a song in your heart. I'm going to tell you again, when you can't, when you are under such stress, such pressure, such, such a, a, a turmoil of heart, I'm telling you two things that you'll be able to do. Anything that you, scripture you've memorized, it's still there. And any song that you put in your heart, it'll come out. And that's the time to sing. That's the time to, to just sing. I, I, I don't know about you, but, but as Miss Brenda was singing, I, was, I, I, I felt like, okay, God's about to do something here. Because I just felt like, I, I, I could be totally wrong because I'm not God, but I feel like Miss Brenda prayed about this thing before she got up here. Psalm 22, 3 says, But thou art holy, O thou that inhabitest the praises of Israel. Hey, listen, if he inhabiteth the praises of Israel, he inhabiteth the praises of Christians. And praising is so, and we've already preached about it, but praising is just correlated with singing all the time, all the time. Number two, read the word of God slowly and out loud, dwelling on every word. You know, listen, folks, we need to read the word of God, but we need to get something out of it when we're reading it. It's not how much of it you read, it's what you get when you're reading. And read it out loud and read it slowly. And, and, and listen, do, I, I, I very seldom you know, challenge you to do what I do, but, but something that's been an incredible blessing to me for a long time now is just, is just turning on the Bible while I'm doing everything in the morning, while I'm getting ready, while I'm showering, while I'm brushing my teeth. And I get to listen to the Bible until my wife starts blow drying her hair. <laughs> but I'm telling you, just, just listen to the Word of God. Listen to it and listen to it. Yeah, I mean, uh, there's uh, Alexander Scorby uh, that did it. Uh, you know, he just monotone, but at the same time, it's not. It, it's he does it slowly and he speaks it clearly, and it's just it's just good. He said in he said in Psalm one thirty eight one and two. He says, "I will praise thee with my whole heart. Before the gods will I sing praise." There we go, singing praise unto thee. I will worship toward thy holy temple and praise thy name for thy loving kindness and for thy truth, for thou hast magnified thy word above all thy name. God magnifies His word. His word is so important, folks. But I'm just telling you. Not just read it, read it out loud. It's faith coming by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So when you read it, if you hear it along with it, it's, it's, just, a, it's just a double blessing. Number three, spend time in confession, asking God to reveal anything that might be a hindrance to his presence. 
I, I believe this was all my heart. Uh, Psalm 32, 5 and 6, it says, I acknowledge my sin unto thee, and my iniquity have I not hid. I said, I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord, and thou forgavest the iniquity of my sin. For this shall every one that is godly pray unto thee in a time when thou mayest be found. God says, you know what? You want to find me? He says, get clean. And folks, this is, this, this is not to make anybody feel bad. Every one of us has to get clean. Every one of us needs to get clean every day. And sadly, uh, we need to get clean probably many times a day. We need to get clean. I'm going to jab it. Oh, Carl. Carl, what was you thinking uh, when your new wife got out, of the, got out of the car this morning? He's walking in the church. And she said, oh, I left the stove on. So she said, let the fire on. I don't know if she's going to burn the house down. And, and he, he went, oh. <laughs> and he walked, walked to the car. I said, Carl, don't feel bad, man. I've done that thing 47 times. <laughs> I get to church, and my wife says, oh, I think I left it on. Can I tell you, about half the time it's not. But you can't take the chance. you got to go back. So God bless you, Carl. At least you just live around the block. Amen. <laughs> Where we used to live when she would say that, I, I'd miss church before it got back. But Now, number four, spend time thanking and praising God for his forgiveness, his power, his presence, his grace, his mercy, his patience in our lives. Spend time praising and thanking God. And we've talked about this some recently, but it's just one of the things that, and look, this is not a list of you've got to do all these things. I'm just saying that, that, that one of these things ought to be just right there in your heart and mind where you can reach out. It's like a toolbox, and, and one of these tools is going to, going to work, you know. Uh, how many, have you ever used a screwdriver as a hammer? Come on, I have. Come on, folks. Because it, it, doesn't, it doesn't make much difference because I don't do any better with a hammer. So, the, but it, the, the, you just reach in there and grab one of these. But uh, Number five, eliminate distractions. Lim, eliminate, folks, uh, sometimes we just don't sense the presence of God because we've got too much going on. Amen. Just too much going on. Shut it down. Shut it down. It just, uh, just walk outside, folks. Walk outside. Just go out. I love rain. I, I love rain. And, and, I, and since I've come home the last three years, I think Memphis has turned into England. And so, man, it, it just, it just walk outside and, and get into the, 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 the star, under the stars. And, and if it's raining, in the rain, just walk out and just get in the quiet and the peacefulness of God's creation. You know, that's what's beautiful, what God created. Now, my wife likes the cities. You know, she loves to go downtown Chicago. No, I don't, I don't like downtown Chicago, but if you take me out to a river or a mountain or an ocean, I'm there. Okay? Now, that's why I live in Memphis. It's just like California. And so, now... Take a long walk in the quiet in God's creation. That is just, it's refreshing. It does something for you. And you can just, I, I walked out uh, last night and, 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 I, and I just got out just for a few moments. And, and there in just a few moments, it's, all of a sudden, my heart just got warm. That I just said, Lord, thank you. Thank you. Because I know you're with me. Number six. 
understand that our life objective, please get this one, understand that our life objective is not to eliminate sin from our lives or live a better life. It's to know God. We get out of kilter on this thing sometimes. Sometimes it's all about how we look in front of everybody else. No, folks, that's not it. It's how you look in front of God. Now, if you're concerned on how you look in front of God, all the rest of it will take care of itself. Now, number seven, spend time talking to the Lord, but also spend time letting him talk to you. Revelation 3.20 says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in to him and will sup with him and he with me. You know, the, the, the truth is, uh, we, we pray and we talk and we talk and we talk and we talk and we talk. Folks, sometimes just stop. Let him speak. Now, I'm, I'm going to tell you, uh, you know, there's no ex-cathedra here. There's no, you know, forgive me, there's no word of knowledge where it's going to say anything outside this book. What he's going to do, if he speaks to you, he's going to teach you. Watch this. This is what he does for me. He will teach me something about this book. He, something will, he, God will lead me to a verse. He'll lead me to a passage, and it'll just come in my heart and mind. And, and sometimes it's just a, a verse will come in my heart and mind to encourage me, to, to just uplift me, to direct me. And, and so let God speak to your heart and mind. It says here, he said, he's, he'll knock, and he will come in, and he will sup with us. Now, number eight. Seek his face with all your heart. Seek his face with all your heart. Psalm 27, 8 says, When thou sayest, seek, my, seek ye my face, my heart said unto thee, Thy face, Lord, will I seek. See, he says to seek his face. And if you seek him, you will find him. And can, can I, believe, I believe the reason he says seek his face is because you can tell what somebody's thinking by their countenance. Like right now, I can tell that Colby is bored to tears. So <laughs> He's just back from college, and I, you really are bored, aren't you? <laughs> oh, shut up, Colby. <laughs> I, <laughs> He's been about three, it's been like three or four months since I've had a, time, a chance to harass you. But you're here for five weeks. And I'm going to make up lost grounds. Huh? No, it's, you know, it's so important that we just, we know, you know, if you seek the face of God, you'll know if he's pleased or not. You know, every time I, 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 I think about this and seeking the face of the God, uh, my daddy's face will come back into my mind. And he, he loved to pick and he loved to play and he loved to laugh. But he also could get upset. And it just really wasn't that hard to tell. <laughs> if anybody knows what I mean. <laughs> He was the old school, you know, the ones that would, have, would be in prison now. 
for, for, for child abuse. No, uh, uh, he just, dad wouldn't say anything. He, he just, he wouldn't. But you could tell he was upset. He just wouldn't say anything. He'd just go rip a tree down. And then he'd come walking at you really slowly. And then he would grab that thing and start peeling it. That's when you get what's called the weak need syndrome. You're everything in your mind saying run, but your feet just won't go. And all that happens is, Amen. You have to be a, a little bit older than most of these kids to understand that concept. But the truth is, you can see it in his face. But I can see his, his smile right now. I can see how happy he was when he came here. Number nine. Strive for purity of heart. That's a little bit different than confessing sin. sin. Confessing our sin and getting clean. But purity of heart is a desire to, we never eliminate it all, but the desire to eliminate the things that would cause us to have to confess. Matthew 8, 5, 8 says, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Purity is divine, is that uh, no uncleanness, no corruption, free from sin and, and guilt. And understand, none of us will ever be in this lifetime completely free. That's why we have to confess. But boy, you know, if there's something that you're struggling with, keep fighting it. I tell so many that I counsel, I said, look, you know, I understand that you, you were trying to get over this and you fell here. But what you're looking for is not this perfection. What you're looking for is that, is that you used to do this every day, now it's every other day. And now every other day turns into every other week. And in one day, you're going to wake up and realize it's been months. That purity of heart, that just brings a peace in your heart that's just incredible that, that you can look back and say, I, I, I'm not bombarded with that temptation every day. Number 10, feel after him. It means to handle him, to touch him. And what it means to feel after God, when God talks about that, it, it's past the mental or intellectual, or intellectual search. There's a lot to, today in our society. There's a lot of information. It's so accessible, and so many people know so much because it's so accessible. 
But I warn you that it's not always truth. And, and purely intellectual knowledge about Jesus is not what it's talking about. It's talking about truly knowing him. Truly knowing God. Uh, you may think it's a little weird and a little spooky, but, but, but I, uh, after I uh, had that surgery and it's 27 days in the, in the hospital and you know, ICU and 22 of those days they were telling Joe Beth there's nothing else they could do and and I finally got out and at first I couldn't walk I couldn't walk to the end of my driveway and and Joe Beth would have to walk with me to help me and I would try to go a little bit further each night and I just because I was compelled I just told her I don't want my, my walk with God I don't want my prayer walk to stop so even if it's just in the end of the driveway and back But I was struggling one night because it's taken so long to get well. So long and wondering if I'd ever have my strength back. And I told the Lord, I just, I said, I need, I just need to sense your presence. And you can believe this or not, but I caught myself walking down the road holding on to a hand. I was just walking like this. I didn't even, and I stopped and I just felt like it seemed so real that he was holding my hand. Number, I think, 11. I probably won't get to 12, but fast as we did. But fast long enough. If you ever feel like you're really getting distant from God, kind of getting cold, fast long enough to eliminate yourself and your selfish desires. Weakness brings us to dependence and need and what I found in my life that I that's why every year I fast some sort of an extended fast because before years out I just feel like okay Lord I've got to punch that reset button I've got to come back I gotta get close and as you weaken the physical body it's amazing how much it's not just a physical body that weakens, but suddenly you start, you don't just eliminate food or sugar or caffeine. Or, you start thinking, I, I don't need to listen to that. No, I don't need desire to. No, I don't think I want to watch that. I just don't have any desire to. And the more you eliminate those things for a period of time, You see, God speaks in a still, small voice. And when the noise is too great around us, it's really hard to hear that still, small voice. 
And I just say this, how to know if you're in his presence right now? A little test is our text verse. 1611, thou will show me the path of life. In thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. Do you have joy? You know, I was talking to Brother Bob yesterday, and, and we were talking a little bit about the church. And, and the fact is, is that I love coming to church because we laugh, we play, we joke. We have joy. And can I tell you, whenever I sense that my joy has diminished, I realize I'm not as close to him as I'm supposed to be. In Exodus chapter 33, verse 14 says, And he said, My presence shall go with thee, and I will give thee rest. Another way, just ask yourself, are you rest, rest at rest or are you stressed? And again, sometimes I get, I'll, I'll catch myself and I feel like I'm, I'm really, really stressed. And God says, time out. That means you're not thinking about me because if you were, you'd know I got this under control. There's nothing he doesn't have under control. There's nothing that he can't handle. So it's kind of a little test for me, kind of a thermometer for my spiritual condition. Is my joy present? If it's not, I'm getting distant. Am I at rest? Or am I stressed? And folks, let me, let me just tell you, it's Christmas is coming. Isn't that a wonderful time of the year? Except along with Christmas comes the stress of money and debt and presents and family that you don't like. And... I hate to say this, I shouldn't say it, but I got a couple of, <laughs> he just likes to get me in trouble. No, I, you know how much I love my daddy, but I, I tell you, I've got, I've got some incredible, wonderful, fun memories of Christmases, but I've got a couple of them where it was just real clear, dad was not happy. Because mom worked for Sears, and she might as well not even get a paycheck because it was all going back to him anyway. And he was just not happy. You don't remember that, do you, John? No. He wasn't happy. And you know, that memory is implanted in my mind just as much. And you know, he's the same man that would tell me, son, don't worry about it. It'll work out. Because I'd be so stressed about finances when I first got married. Man, I, you know, I got my first job and first salary, $742 a month. 
and I was stressed. And dad said, son, it's okay. Don't worry about it. It always works out. I should have gone back and taken a picture of him at a couple of those Christmases and just <laughs> put it right up in front of me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell me about it. Tell me about it. But that just means we're just, we're getting focused on us, our circumstances, our abilities, instead of God's power. Now, how are you doing? Is there one of these things that you might be able to use? But I'm going to challenge you this morning. I've talked to a couple people already, but if you don't, know Christ there's no way that you can really know his presence not the way God's talking about and if you don't know for sure you're going to heaven you're living in a world that's going to keep you in stress you're living in a world that's going to steal your joy because it's only through Christ and his presence that we have joy and God even says and pleasure evermore Father I pray that you bless us more and Lord I, I so much 